Welcome to the Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources podcast, the podcast all about the delicate balance between people and business, and quite literally, reconnecting the two. My name is Tracy Rubin, and I've spent nearly my entire professional career in HR. Join me as I share stories, opinions, and words of advice with you each week. Hi, everyone. This is Tracy Rubin. Welcome back to another episode of Bringing the Human Back to Human Resources. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast. I release an episode every Tuesday, so I'd love for you to be a part of this journey every single week. Before I get into this episode this week, I just want to preface by saying that if there is anything that you hear that you disagree with, don't appreciate, have a different view on, don't stop listening. Keep listening. Listen until the end. And then if you still disagree or have an opposing view or whatever, email me, message me, reach out because I want to have the conversation with you. We can video chat. I'll send you an invite. I want to have the conversation instead of losing someone to an opposing view. And the same goes for me. When I hear something that I totally disagree with, even if it pains me, I still keep listening. So I hope that that inspires you to keep listening, even if you disagree with me. And then again, listen all the way to the end and then reach out to me. You can email me, you can message me on any social platform, however you want to reach out. I'm open to this discussion. Let's get into it. So there's a lot that's been going on these past few weeks. I think we all thought that 2021 was going to be a little bit different, maybe a little bit more calm or relaxed. But in terms of what's going on in the US, it has been everything except that. Um, And actually, I thought it would be interesting to talk about something that's really floating around the uh, HR space, the legal space. And that's the question on employee speech and what employee speech is protected. A lot of people think that because we as Americans are in an at-will country and we have certain rights and amendments that give us our right to, like the freedom of speech, for example, our First Amendment right, that that means that we are allowed or entitled to talk about anything and everything at work. So my message to you is that actually that's not true. Before I even get into that, I want to break down a term that I just used, which is at will. At will employment basically means that the employee and the employer have the opportunity to sever the relationship at any point without any warning or advance notice. So now understanding what at will employment is, it's also important to understand that most states in the United States are at will employment states. The only state that is not an at-will employment state is Montana, actually. Some states do have exceptions in their at-will employment that you actually need to provide a little bit of notice or some reason at termination. But again, all states except for Montana are at-will states, meaning the employee or the employer or both can dismiss or sever the relationship at any time without any reason. So I'm an employee. I don't like my job anymore. I can quit. I don't have to give notice. I don't have to give a resignation letter. Although there are certain things that are suggested, of course, I would suggest that you always give notice and I would suggest that you always give a resignation letter because 
that's what's appropriate and professional. It doesn't, just because the law doesn't require it doesn't mean that you should throw manners out the window, of course. Similarly, employers are therefore not obligated to give any reason at time of termination. However, most employers, again, are going to do what is professional and appropriate, not necessarily just blindly follow the law. So most employers are going to terminate with reason, not just because, because actually that opens them up to litigation. So now that we have a little bit of a better understanding of what at-will employment means, I think we should break down the idea behind freedom of speech and employee-protected speech. So employees don't actually have complete freedom of speech at work. The only exception is really public or government employees. However, employers do kind of navigate this quite carefully because there are federal and state laws that protect workers' speech in certain specific situations. For those of you who are not American or maybe you don't have as much of an understanding of what our rights are as Americans, maybe you are American and you don't have as much of an understanding, I am going to break down every term as best I possibly can and I will link all of my articles and citations in the episode details. Please know I am not an expert in law. I do not have a law degree, but in my career, I obviously have to have some level of expertise and knowledge around laws, employment law especially, um, because we have employees and we are running a business and there is a lot that goes into that. So the First Amendment provides citizens, Americans, the right to freedom of speech, among other things. That doesn't mean that employees can necessarily say whatever they want. Again, businesses also can't prevent all kinds of employee speech. So the National Labor Relations Act, also known as the NLRA, protects employees' rights to discuss terms and conditions of their employment. So for example, employees actually can discuss their pay with one another especially when it comes to their decision to end up asking for more more money because that is a terms and conditions of employment. Most of the time, managers actually want to prevent employees from talking about their wages with one another. And while we definitely can say, hey, talking about pay can create an environment that is not so inclusive or it can make people feel uncomfortable, so we definitely don't encourage it. Employees also have the right to talk about unlawful conduct like harassment, discrimination, safety violations. However, they don't have the right to make racist, sexist, or discriminatory comments. So some a lot of this information is coming from SHRM, which is a, a very, very popular HR resources website. And again, I will link all of these citations in the episode details. I'm specifically going to focus on that last part in this episode. I'm going to repeat it just one more time. Employees have the right to talk about unlawful conduct in the workplace. So for example, if Susie and Sally are at the water cooler and they're talking about a situation that they witnessed, that is protected speech because they are talking about a situation, let's say it's sexual harassment. They saw sexual harassment and they're talking about it. That is their right to talk about possible unlawful conduct in the workplace. Susie and Sally should report that conduct because we all play a role in ensuring that harassment is not happening in the workplace, for example, right? But 
just to break it down, those two employees, they are protected. Would we encourage different types of behavior to actually report it instead of talking about it amongst each other? Totally. The difference is if Susie and Sally are at the water cooler and they start saying things that are discriminatory, harassing, maybe they say things that are racist, sexist, or homophobic. Those things are not protected. So just because you're an American and you have the your right to f- the freedom of speech, you are still an employee and you do not have the right or the freedom to express racist, sex- sexist, or other discriminatory comments. I don't know any workplace that doesn't have an anti-harassment and discrimination policy. So Susie and Sally, while their speech is protected when they're discussing unlawful conduct is true, Susie and Sally are not protected when it comes to discussing things that are in violation of a harassment or discrimination policy. Similarly, there's been a lot of conversation around what happens on social media. Can an employer hold an employee accountable to what they post? It's a bit of a gray area, which I think is true for everything in HR. In most cases, employees have the right to conduct themselves on social media really however they want, assuming it's lawful. However, there are some areas where employers can talk to employees about their social media, especially if it's in violation of company policy. For example, sharing sensitive or confidential data, um, whether it's about an employee or the business, that's probably the best example that I can share with you. If you are a manager or you are in the HR space and you feel like there's something that you should be addressing with your employee based on what they've posted on social media, I encourage you to reach out to an employment attorney or a member of your legal team or to at least speak with other experts on this topic because there certainly are lots and lots of articles and understanding on how to address social media. So Going back to this point that I said I was really going to hone in on, which is the harassing and discriminatory speech not being protected. I think this is really important given the political climate. We saw recently that there was a a riot at the U.S. Capitol. There have been people arrested raising the question of can they be fired by their employer? I have articles that really do a good job of talking about this. So I'm going to, again, link everything in the episode details. So first and foremost, if an employee is arrested, an employer does have the right to terminate their employment. We talked a lot about unlawful conduct, right? Most companies in their codes of conduct prohibit unlawful conduct. And so if someone has participated in unlawful conduct in any way, employers in most cases are able to terminate employment. The biggest key here is that employers need to be consistent. So it could look discriminatory if an employer terminates one person but not another based on their unlawful conduct. So if an employer has a zero tolerance policy around unlawful conduct and they decide, okay, we are terminating anyone who is arrested regardless of what they're arrested for, or they participate in unlawful conduct, doesn't matter what it is, we're terminating them, That is, they have to just be consistent. So yes, if you get arrested, if you participate in unlawful conduct, you can lose your job. So one of the questions that's come up is if these people, these rioters, can cite the First Amendment to avoid being terminated or that that would be a reason or justifiable reason to keep them employed. 
an employer is like, oh, you know, they're going to say this is their First Amendment right. You know, maybe we can't terminate them. Well, actually, that that's not true. For, free speech does not protect you from rebelling against the government. There, that is should be understood by every American, I think, although clearly it's not. So there is a great quote from uh, an article that I will share, and it's from an attorney at a, a, a consulting a law firm in Minneapolis. And she says, our companies only work when we're in a country that has effective laws. These people were working against their employers, period. The First Amendment gives you the right to say what you will, but it doesn't protect you from consequences. So this is basically exactly what we were talking about with the water cooler example. We can talk about unlawful conduct in the workplace, but we can't participate in unlawful conduct, whether that's in the workplace or outside of the workplace. My obligation as an HR partner and as an employer is to provide a safe and inclusive workplace. Every employer has that obligation, at least in the United States, that is a workplace requirement and expectation. So if an employee is arrested or caught rioting, vandalizing, participating in unlawful conduct, employers absolutely have the right to terminate that employee. Just like if an employee engages in discriminatory speech or actions, employers have the right to terminate that employee. If the freedom of speech or the First Amendment allowed employees to escape termination, that would mean that people who participated in sexual harassment or discrimination of any kind in the workplace were protected. That's ludicrous. Those people are not protected. Those people are terminated for their actions based on the, the anti-harassment and discrimination policies that all employers are expected to enforce. This all raises a question of, do employees fully understand company policies? Employers do have a responsibility to make sure that policies are well-known or documented. So for example, employee handbooks are a great way, a very important way to communicate policies. However, not every policy is going to be written out with specific details, right? Like a handbook is a guide. It's not it's not a manual for every single action or reaction. I don't have to explicitly write for this situation you are going to receive a final warning. For this situation you're going to receive a first warning. That's not necessary because employers can use their discretion based on the situation. Handbooks should outline what is tolerated or what is not tolerated in the workplace. It does not have to say, don't riot, don't rob a bank. Like those things are not required to be explicitly listed or outlined in a handbook because it suffices to say unlawful conduct, harassment, discrimination, etc., are not tolerated in the workplace. So shifting gears a little bit, there have also been questions on whether or not employees can engage in political conversations at work. So removing ourselves from the conversation of unlawful conduct and moving into a space where we're talking about politics. Someone is a Democrat and someone is a Republican and someone else is a Libertarian and someone else is part of the Green Party, let's say. They're having a conversation and they have opposing views. I think on a personal note, 
conversations are really important. Inside of the workplace, outside of the workplace, we have to be able to talk to each other, to come together and discuss our views with respect for one another and with an open, an open openness and willingness to understand the other person's perspective. I also think that when someone else's opinion is a stark contrast to our own, it gives us the opportunity to explain why our opinions are our own and to understand their opinions because at the end of the day, everyone comes from a different background, different upbringing, etc. But there's a big but here. Political conversations are a very sticky situation. Is it okay to talk about politics at work? Am I allowed to share my political opinion at work? In theory, yes. Because again, this is where employee speech is pretty protected. Like these are opinions, maybe they're not disruptive. But employers also have certain standards around professionalism. Most employers really don't want the political conversation to happen at work because it can create just a little bit of stickiness. You know, we want to have like a, a team a team mentality, team culture. When we find out that we have completely diverging opinions on things that are very, very close to the heart and chest, like politics, that can create, it, it really can, it can create a little bit of animosity, right? So at the end of the day, employers can't necessarily limit political speech based on my understanding. However, they can evaluate whether it's disruptive or not. So if political speech is happening on the sales floor, um, in the middle of a meeting with customers or clients, and it actually ends up being disruptive or it takes on the element of speaking for the company, for example, and it's not no longer the employee's opinion, but it actually is representing the company's beliefs. It is a gray area because we, we aren't going to hold someone accountable for having a political opinion that we don't necessarily agree with. However, if the employee is engaging in political conversation that is disruptive to the workplace, that is obviously a reason for the employer to step in and have a conversation. Maybe the employer doesn't move to corrective action or termination, but instead they say, hey, I totally respect, we all have our own opinions and that's totally fine. I would just ask that you leave the political commentary and you hold the political speech for non-work-related events and moments because it could create a culture that isn't as inclusive because we all have different opinions and we all come from different backgrounds. I think that's totally appropriate. And especially if you've established a really good relationship with your team, it probably will be kind of easy to have that conversation. If there is divisive and disruptive conversation in the workplace, but again, underlining on the disruptive piece, there can be disciplinary action up to and including termination. But the employer does have to do their due diligence and investigate if there's been a concern raised or whatever the situation is. Companies, again, most of the time have policies around conduct and professionalism. So really what I would do if a situation came up like this, I would evaluate if the conduct exemplified by the employee is in violation of the codes of conduct that the employee the employee handbook or that the company policy lay out for the employee. 
So if an employee is having political conversation and it moves into a disruptive category, it's probably in that same realm of harassing or discriminatory comments. Certainly, these policies that employers set for employees can be, again, very gray, nuanced, have caveats. However, again, Harassment and discrimination are the common denominator. This is somewhere where if you are a manager or an employer or an HR partner, you should take a partner and make sure that you are doing your due diligence to ensure that the employee is not being held accountable to a standard that isn't consistent and clearly set and that the employee is being held accountable appropriately under the definitions assigned by the laws and the company policies. Divisive political speech can easily, very easily, cross over into claims of discrimination or even a hostile work environment. Companies should have anti-discrimination policies that allow them to act on these situations, but that also prevent these situations from happening. When situations like this happen, companies have the right to hold employees accountable to those standards. And Even in this incredibly polarizing political climate that we are in as Americans, employees, again, I can only say this as much as humanly possible, employees are not protected when it comes to harassment and discrimination. They cannot engage in that kind of conduct. And I think that in... In this day and age, that's pretty understood. If you're being investigated for that and it happened, you probably should anticipate that you're being terminated because we are living in a society where there there is no tolerance for that. Or at least that's my, my feeling is that we live in a society where there's no tolerance for that. I hope we are. So I just want to reiterate again, employees have protected speech when it comes to their terms and conditions of employment, and discussing unlawful conduct in the workplace and things like that. However, they cannot engage in unlawful conduct and they cannot conduct themselves in a way that violates the anti-harassment and discrimination policies that are set in the workplace. My final point on this is just to remind you that we are all, whether we like it or not, representative of our companies whether we're on the clock or not, which is why I always say that on my podcast, I'm going to express opinions that are of my own belief and opinions and, and, and not representative of my company's beliefs or thoughts or opinions or what we've done, right? Like I am separating myself in saying that because what I believe in uh, and what I say on my podcast isn't necessarily what my company believes or what my company stands behind. So it's important that in a public setting, like a podcast, for example, where I am talking about things that are quite polarizing or based on you know, employee rights, employer rights, that I make that clear. The same thing goes for an employee that's not on a podcast. So like if an employee is a cashier, they still represent the company they work for. So if that cashier is talking to a customer about something that the company isn't necessarily taking a stance on, 
they are potentially speaking for the company, right? Like that is the reality that every employee needs to acknowledge. If you are not willing or if you are, yeah, if you're not willing to be a uh, spokesperson for the company, you should really be reconsidering what you are sharing and talking about at work. Now, one of the things that companies by and large over the summer this in 2020 had spent a lot of time on were social and racial injustices, right? Like lots and lots of conversation around standing up against racism because of all of the injustices that occurred, especially in 2020, though we know that they've been going on for years. And I personally stand behind this. I think it's a great idea for companies to talk about these things because again, I believe in having the conversation and the employees comprise the company, right? So you have employees who are black indigenous people of color and they want to feel safe and they want to know that their company stands behind them. We all choose companies based on our values. So if I'm going to work for a company that has diverging values from mine, I'm probably not going to work there for very long. But if I believe in social and racial uh, justice and standing up against injustices and racism, then I want to work for a company that believes the same. That conversation from companies, while the topic is political because we're talking about systemic racism and all of those things that do present themselves in the political space, It is not a political comment, at least for a company. Companies, when they are talking about social and racial injustices and incorporating DEI or diversity, equity, and inclusion, I apologize for the acronym. Now you know that's called DEI. When they engage in that conversation, they're not taking a political stance, they are taking a stance based on humanity based on what their employees need to hear from them, based on being a part of society and members of society. And employees should understand that when an employer takes a stance like that, they're not telling you what to believe politically. They're not. They are telling you what's important to them when it comes to inclusivity, diversity, equity, and just being a good, decent human being in the workplace. That's what companies are sending as a message. They're not telling you who to vote for. They're not telling you that your beliefs are stupid. They're not telling you that your political beliefs are stupid. They're just telling you what they care about, what they value, and what's important to them, and what they hope is important to you. And I think, I really believe this, again, personal opinion, everyone should be able to stand behind equality, and justice. And if you can't, you have to look introspectively and think, do I not stand for this because I've never experienced it? Or do I not stand for this because I don't believe in equality? People who don't stand for it, I'm not, again, I'm not going to polarize this. I'm not going to say people on this side or people on that side. But if there's a person who says, I don't believe in racial or social justice and equality, those are people that either are blessed to have never experienced prejudice or discrimination, which I can't relate as a Jewish woman, I really can't relate, or they just have not 
given themselves the opportunity to understand why it's important to someone else. So really what I'm trying to get at here is that employers, I think, underscored their anti-harassment and discrimination policies when they stood up against racism and social injustices. If companies weren't vocal about it, they didn't have the opportunity to talk about why those values matter. I recognize that not every company is going to be outspoken about racial and social injustice and where they stand. I think that it is important for companies to always do the right thing and to talk about what that right thing is. And this whole episode has talked about the policies of anti-harassment and discrimination and what is protected employee speech. I think that companies actually send a really strong message of what their anti-harassment and discrimination policy actually means when they stand up against it. Not just in an investigation when they terminate someone, but when they actually say, we stand for X, we don't stand for Y. I think we'll probably see more of that. I think we'll we'll see companies talking more about their beliefs and what comprises what brings people to the table, what people value. And again, that's not the company telling you who to vote for or what to believe. It's just about human decency, right? And like how we respect and treat people. And every company, I think, has an obligation to make it very clear that employees should expect a safe, inclusive workplace. So the key takeaways for this episode are as follows. One, employees do have certain protected types of speech. They can't just say anything. They still are expected to follow and be in line with anti-harassment and discrimination policies, as well as other types of codes of conduct. Two, employers have to have a clear policy around what is tolerable and what is not. Three, Employers have to fairly and diligently investigate any claims of harassment or discrimination, whether it's from employee speech or whether it's from employee action. And finally, employees should know that any inappropriate or unlawful conduct outside of work can impact employment. Thank you so much for listening to uh, an episode that, quite frankly, was not easy to record or make because it required a lot of research. So I hope that we can just have an open and candid conversation. Not everything that I say is right. Not everything that I say is wrong. I think that the my best advice to you is to get second opinions, to do your own research and to have the conversation. So if there's something that you want me to dig in into more or you want to kind of connect on, please email me, message me, reach out. I I invite and welcome the conversation, whether it is an aligning view or not. As always, you can connect with me pretty much on every platform. I just revamped and updated my website, so I really would love if you can take a look. It's hrtracy.com. Just a reminder, my name is spelled with an I, so it's hrtraci.com. I also just joined Clubhouse, so you can find me by searching hrtracy. I'm the same hrtracy on pretty much every platform. So follow me on Clubhouse, Instagram, connect with me on LinkedIn. I have a group page on LinkedIn as well. 
All of those links are on my website, so you don't have to remember a single thing that I say. You can just go to hrtracy.com. And actually, you can also submit anonymous questions or feedback through my website. So if you go to my website and you click reach out, you actually can fill out that submission form. You don't have to include your name. You can just put in your email. It doesn't matter. And it will allow for you to submit questions or feedback anonymously. Just know that even if you reach out with your name and all of your information, I will always keep it confidential. I am your HR partner at the end of the day. I'll see you next week.